0: The vault is open. Welcome to MLB.com's The Vault. I'm Pete McCarthy. Now, 1988 was the year of the Dodgers, but not for one September night. Tom Browning entered an accomplished pitcher, having won 20 games in his 1985 rookie campaign. But he had hardly etched his name into the history books when he was called to the mound to start against the eventual world champion Dodgers on September 16, 1988. We go out to Marty Brenneman and Joe Nuxall for each half-inning tossed by Browning that night at Riverfront Stadium. If you're ready
1: now, the starting lineups tonight for the Dodgers, leading off and playing shortstop, Alfredo Griffin, batting second at first base, Mickey Hatcher. Kirk Gibson will play left field, he'll bat third. Getting fourth and right field, Mike Marshall. Batting fifth and playing center field, John Shelby. Getting sixth at third base, Jeff Hamilton. Batting seventh, the catcher, Rick Dempsey. Getting 8th at 2nd base, Steve Sachs, and batting ninth and pitching, right-hander Tim Belcher. For the Reds, Barry Larkin will lead things off. He'll play shortstop at 3rd base, batting in the 2-spot, Chris Sabo. In left field, Cal Daniels to bat 3rd. The cleanup hitter and center fielder, Eric Davis. Paul O'Neill will bat 5th. He'll play right field. Getting 6th and at 1st base, Nicky Saski Jeff Reed will catch and bat 7th. Getting in the eighth spot at second base, Ron Oster. And batting ninth and pitching, left-hander Tom Browning. We're set to go. Leading it off for the Dodgers will be shortstop Alfredo Griffin. He's batting 2 0 with a home run and 24 runs batted in. Right-handed batter. And a rough first year in the Dodger uniform for this guy. Browning into the windup and the pitch. And is taken high and tight for a ball. And this game is underway. Two-hour 27 delay. So after a two-hour and 27-minute delay because of rain, we've started here, and Browning gets a pitch over for a call strike, and it's even at 1-1 on Griffin. First baseman Mickey Hatcher on deck to be followed by left fielder Kirk Gibson. Browning 15-5, making his 33rd start with a 3-5-6 ERA. Pitching, and Griffin swings and fouls it back. You'd like to think now that they're started that they'll be able to get this game in. As we mentioned earlier, the Braves and the Padres were rained out in Atlanta earlier tonight, so they're looking at a doubleheader tomorrow. One and two on leadoff batter Griffin. The outfield playing him straight away. Jeff Reed hanging a sign. Browning kicks and he throws, and Griffin swings and he fouls, and it holds at a ball and two strikes. Speaking of doubleheaders, the Dodgers... They still have one remaining against the San Diego Padres due to an early season rainout in Los Angeles. They've got six games still to play against the San Diego ball club. Griffin now turns and says something to the plate umpire Jim Quick. What this conversation could be about, I have no idea, but it now comes to an end and Griffin gets back in. And Browning comes right back to him. And it's swung on and hit into left center field. Eric Davis goes over, under, and he makes the catch, one down. And we'll pause for station identification on the Reds' radio network. This is John Phillips. I'd like to get you to work on time. Airborne traffic with Jim Scott in the morning. Get you home for dinner on time with... Gary Burbank in the afternoons on 700, WLW Cincinnati. One away, here's first baseman Mickey Hatcher, a 300-plus batter at 306, and he looks at a strike from Browning. Defensively, it's Nicky Sasky first, Ron Oster second, Barry Larkin short, Chris Sabo third, the one-strike pitch. And Hatcher grounds one wide of third, but there's Sabo throwing, and they're two men out. In left field, Cal Daniels, Eric Davis in center, Paul O'Neill in right. We mentioned the catcher, Jeff Reed, and the two-out batter, Kirk Gibson. Has been on something of an offensive role of late. When the Reds were at Dodger Stadium last week and his average was under 300 as he begins play tonight, it is over 300 by one point. 3.01 with 25 homers and 72 runs batted in. He's had nine of his 25 home runs this season off of left-handers, including one last Sunday at Dodger Stadium against a man he settles into face here, Tom Browning. Gibson, who takes an awful lot of time, is there, and Browning deals, and the pitch is taken strike. There's a little landscape work in the batter's box. Totally obliterates what is left of that back white chalk line back line of the batter's box and the 0-1 to him and that misses outside a ball to strike joining plate umpire quick at first base Mark Hirschbeck at second John Kibler at third Eric Gregg two down here in the top of the first inning as Griffin is flying to center Hatchers grounded out to third and Browning even up against Gibson 1-1 and pitching And it is in the air to left field. Daniels to his right waiting, and the inning is over. No runs, no hits, and nobody left. We're going to take a break for, you guessed it, an ice-cold Pepsi. After a half inning, it's the Dodgers nothing, and the Reds are coming up. Mike Marshall sands a lot of hair. will lead off the top half of the second. Marshall is almost a skinhead. Why anybody would do that unless they just lose their hair naturally? I can never understand. He swings and fouls the first pitch straight back. He's had some physical problems of late—a thigh muscle pull that uh, had him on the sidelines for nine ball games. Then he tried to pinch it against the Atlanta Braves when the Dodgers were last there. Couldn't cut it. Started one game last weekend against the Reds and didn't appear in the next two. But uh, healthy enough to be back in there now. Swung on, popped up behind the plate. Coming back is Reed, hoping to have a play. And he's disappointed. Back in the seats, and it's 0-2 on Mike Marshall, batting 283 with 18 homers and a club-leading 77 runs batted in. What a typical year for Mike against Reds pitching. I don't think there's ever a season in which he does not hit well against Cincinnati, whether it be here or out on the coast. This year, with two home runs and nine RBIs to go with a .327 average. Big, strong, right-handed batting Mike Marshall. Browning in with a pitch. And he misses with it down and in. One and two on him. Shelby due to bat next. And then we'll take a look at third baseman Jeff Hamilton. That's low. Ball two. Two balls, two strikes. Some diehard baseball fans in the yard tonight, I'll tell you. They hung tough through two hours and 27 minutes of non-baseball activity. We finally started and we're in the top of the second. Marshall reaching. Chops one to third. There's Sabo. There's the throw. Got him. One down. Nice play by Sabo. Get rid of it right now to knock Marshall off. And the switch hitting Shelby will step in. Shelby batting 261, slumping a blade, however. Seven home runs and 57 runs batted in on the year. Hitless, as a matter of fact, in his last three games, and only two for his last 15 over the last five, batting right-handed, and he fouls it back and out of play. retired the first four to face him and quickly jumps out in front of strike on Shelby check swing and that cost him another one strike two Browning figures to get at least three more starts and it would be an awful shame if he wins out the rest of the way and ends up with 19 victories on the season in light of again we make reference to last Sunday's debacle at Dodger Stadium One ball and two strikes. Shelby takes and see you later. Strike three call. Browning has his first. That brings up third baseman Jeff Hamilton. Hamilton, the hero of last Sunday's Dodger victory. The two-out, two-run home run that gave him the 5-3 to victory. Of the year, he's hit 28 RBIs along with a 255 batting average. He is at 333 over the last uh, 17 games as he swings and fouls to raise his average to the season's high 255. So, five up and five down. Browning trying to make Hamilton number six. Tom, as usual, working quickly. Hamilton waves at a fastball away, and it's 0-2. 7.05 start tomorrow night, 2.15 on Sunday. Then we'll have the pods in Monday and Tuesday, and the Giants in Wednesday and Thursday. we will close out the home stand. We head out then for three in Atlanta and three in San Francisco, and then come back home two weeks from tonight to close out the 88 season in a three-game series against Atlanta. Will be foul Rather, Hamilton fouls it straight back, and the count holds at zero and two. No score. Top of the second. Browning sights a sign and pours it plateward, and Hamilton takes the ball high. Rick Dempsey would bat next. Fly ball, right field, along the line, over is O'Neill, still on the move, and he makes the catch in foul territory. And that wraps up the Dodgers' second. Three men up, three men down, and after one and a half, it's no score at Riverfront. No score after two before the Dodgers' bad will pause for station identification on the Reds' radio network the third inning confrontation Tom Browning against Rick Dempsey and with a play-by-play here's Joe thank you Marty and Browning has
2: retired the first six he has faced Dempsey a 263 batting average seven home runs 27 RBIs he takes high and outside from Browning a ball arm of the strikeout he got Shelby on a call third strike in the second the 1-0 Dempsey swings and fouls back to the screen and it evens 1-1 we talked about acquisitions the Dodgers made and boy this guy has been invaluable to say the least Rick Dempsey Downing with a 1-1 Dempsey takes it just under the knees two balls to strike Browning looking for his first decision against the Dodgers this year this is fifth start Here's the 2-1. Dempsey grounds it fair behind the bag. Backhanded by Sable. Long throw gets him easy. <laughs> a one away, and the batter is Steve Sacks. And Sachs moved way down in the Dodger batting order, and I guess for a good reason. It's called a slump. Steve hitting 273 is at five home runs and has driven in 52. Waiting on Sacks to settle in. Steve's batting average has dropped seven points, six points since the Reds were in Los Angeles the first day of that three-game series. Takes high from Browning a ball. Browning back, sack swings, pops it up, shallow right. Coming on is O'Neill waiting, and Paul has it. Two away. Well, two down, Tim Belcher the batter. And Belcher in his first Major League home run in Los Angeles. And guess who it was off of? Tom Browning. It came in the third inning. That game, the Reds lost 5 to 3. And the three runs in the ninth for the Dodgers. Belcher looks at a strike. Alfredo Griffin on deck with two out. Bounding the 0 1, swing and a miss. 0 2 to Belcher. Two hour and 27 minute delay in the start of the game tonight. The 0 2 at Mrs. Lowe. Of two strikes. Reed hangs the sign. Browning with the 1 2 delivery, and Belcher swings and he grounds it wide at first. There's Nick Feeling flipping it to Browning, and that's Seating. Nine straight for Tom, and at the middle of the third, Dodgers nothing, Reds nothing. Tom Browning starts for the Dodgers for the second time. Alfredo Griffin to lead it off. Griffin will fly ball to Davis in left center in the first inning. A 2-0-2 batting average. First pitch is swung on and grounded to Lark. He feels across to Isaski. One away. And Browning got him a bat. One down. Mickey Hatcher steps in. Hatcher grounded to Sabo in the first. at the plate, and Gibson moves on deck. Browning delivers. Hatcher swings and misses a high fastball. <laughs> Browning back with the 0-1. That's spike-two call on the inside corner, and Hatcher a quick look at Jim Quick, the plate umpire. 0-2. Reed hangs the sign and the 0-2. That's way inside of all two strikes to Hatcher. Hatcher a 306 batting average. Tom with the 1-2 and Hatcher swings in the fly ball to left. Cal Daniels drifting back now waiting on it. And that's out number two. Two down, Kurt Gibson to the plate. Kurt a fly ball to Daniels to end the first inning. Mike Marshall moves on deck with two away. Waiting on Gibson to settle into the batter's box. Lines and delivers, and Gibson takes outside. Kurt backs away from the plate on every pitch, and then back in, and the 1 0. Swing and a miss, and he tried to check his swing and couldn't. A 1 1. One one. Gibson takes strike two called and Tom quickly in front of ball two strikes to Gibson and again Gibson out of the batter's box heard back in Browning has the sign from Reed he delivers the one-two and a swing and a miss and Browning has his second strikeout Straight now for Browning. And to the middle of the fourth. Dodgers nothing. Reds nothing. Totals are exactly the same. All zeros. As we move into the fifth. Mike Marshall leads it
1: off. Back with the action. Here's Marty. Thanks, Joe. Marshall 0 for 1. A ground out to third. Browning delivers. We'll ground ball wide of third there. Sabo, like a vacuum, throwing and out. The throw was a little bit high to the outfield side of the bag. Whether or not Nick's foot came off is... Irrelevant. If it did, he got back down before Marshall got there because Mark Hirschbeck dead on top of the play and gave the out call. So one pitch, one down, and that brings up John Shelby who was called out on strikes in the second. Tom pitching and Shelby swinging a foul back. Scoreboard stopper. Four different players have stolen 65 or more bases in a season while wearing a Cincinnati Reds uniform. How many can you name? Four of them with 65 or more in a season. One ball and one strike on Shelby. You got him? Now you're talking, Jack. Here's a 1-1. Pitches high, ball two. Two balls and a strike. Count him down for me here, big guy, and I'll see if I go agree with that. Here's a 2-1 delivery. Swung on and a ball is fouled back and out of play. Holding the count is a 2-2 two and two with one out here in the fifth inning and no score. Hanging a sign. Browning serves it up. And a strikeout swinging. That's all for Shelby. Third strikeout for Browning. He goes to work on Mickey Hatcher, or rather Jeff Hamilton, who fouled out to Paul O'Neill and Wright. Only one base runner so far tonight. And that was the Eric Davis leadoff walk in the second inning. the foul ball back. Strike one. Tom Browning, at least through four and two-thirds innings, is having one of those nights. Throwing the ball where he wants to. He's in front of strike on Hamilton, and he's in front two strikes as that pitch gets over on the outside. It is over in Boston. It is over in Detroit. Detroit. The Red Sox have won. The Tigers have lost again. Baltimore scores a game-winner in the top of the ninth to beat the Tigers in Detroit 7-6. That pitch is outside while Boston scored five times in the fifth inning and went on to beat the New York Yankees 7-4. to One and two from Browning to Hamilton. And it is popped up outside of first and will drop into the stands just down beyond the Reds' dugout. That means that the Red Sox now lead New York by four and a half. They lead Detroit by six. And if Milwaukee wins out in Seattle tonight, and right now they are in the third with a four-nothing lead, they will move to third in the AL East and the Tigers will drop to fourth. The pitch on the way and is fouled right off the end of the bat that San Francisco Houston game in case you're interested is now in the eighth inning it's still five to four Giants all of their runs coming in the sixth inning when they knocked out Bob Nepper Hamilton checking two balls two strikes Milwaukee four, Seattle nothing, in the third in the Kingdome. In the third in Anaheim, it's the Angels four, and the Texas Rangers nothing. Kansas City, Oakland scoreless after one. 2-2 pitch. Foul ball. Hamilton hanging in and staying alive as Browning tries to retire him and make it 15 in a row. Two pitchers, one left-handed, one right-handed, and dead on top of their respective games. If you happen to be rolling down the radio dial and find us on the air and only in the fifth inning, it's because we had a two-hour and 27-minute rain delay. Hard one, bouncer hit to Larkin, winging it on to first, and that's the inning. For the fifth straight time, they go down in order, the Dodgers do, and after four and a half, Reds nothing, Dodgers nothing. Bottom third of the batting order for the Dodgers in round number six, Dempsey started. he bounced to third in the third and rips one foul to left field on Browning's first pitch. The four Reds to steal over 65 bases in a season. Bob Besher, 70 in 1910, 81 in 1911, and 67 in 1912. Joe Morgan at 67 in 1973, and the same number in 1975. Browning pitching, Dempsey taking a ball. Then it was uh, Dave Collins in 1980 with 79, and more recently, Two years ago, Eric Davis had 80 of them. They're the four Reds to steal over 65 in a season in the history of this franchise. Two balls and a strike. Browning winds, kicks, and he throws. Dempsey swings, fly ball, left field. There's Daniels, and that's one out. Now Steve Sachs dropped all the way down to the number two, uh, number eight spot in the order. After hitting first and slumping when the Reds went into L.A., dropped him down to number two and now hitting in the number eight position. Right now nothing seems to work for Steve, only two for his last 22 at-bats, encompassing the last six games, counting his 0 for 1 tonight and 10 hits in his last 20 ball games. He takes a strike. His batting average has slipped some 31 points since the 17th of August. He was batting 304 at that time. He's now down to 273. He hits a fly ball into right. Routine for Paul O'Neill. Pounds a glove and puts it away. Two out. If you're planning on vacationing in Disney World, call Delta Airlines, the official airline of Disney World. Delta loves to fly, and it shows. Two down here in the sixth, no score. Neither team has had a hit. The Dodgers have yet to get a base runner, and the batter is pitcher Tim Belcher.
0: Belcher
1: grounded out his first time in there against Browning, and there's a strike to him. foul over toward the Dodger dugout and into it. And it's no balls and two strikes. <laughs> Browning, of course, earlier this year out in San Diego flirted with a no-hitter. In fact, he took a no-no into the night before giving up a base hit to Tony Gwynn. And this pitched five and two-thirds innings of not only no-hit ball, but perfect ball tonight. Here's a liner foul out of play to the right, and it holds as pitcher faces pitcher, nothing in two. Running a long look. The wind-up, the two-strike pitch, and he misses high with that one for a ball. Reds left-hander, swing and a miss. Dance ball and had something on that one to end the inning. So that's four for Browning. After five and a half, nothing, nothing. The Reds in Los Angeles. Up of the Dodger batting order in the seventh with the Reds in front, one, nothing. And back with a play-by-play, here's Joe. And now Fredo Griffin takes a strike from Tom
2: Browning. Griffin 0 for two. Browning delivers the 0-1. Griffin swings. He grounds those to Ron Fields. On to Isaski. one away. One down and Mickey Hatcher to the plate. Hatcher 0 for 2 is grounded to third. A fly ball to left and his two times in the plate. One to nothing the Reds. They One run an unru- unearned run but a run. Coming after two out. Fastball misses high to Hatcher a ball. Mark and double and then scored on the throwing arrow by Jeff Hamilton on Sabo's chopper. The third. Like Hamilton had trouble picking the ball out of the lights and to wait on it. The 1 0. your fouls. Now it's evens 1 1. Gibson waiting on deck. Browning with the 1 1. your swings and he hits a little fister that Nick catches at first base. He got jammed on that pitch, two away, and the batter is Kurt Gibson. Gibson 0 for 2, a fly ball to the left, and a strikeout in his two times the plate. Gibson a 301 batting average. Mike Marshall moves on deck. Again, waiting on Gibson to settle into the batter's box. He's there, and Browning, ready with the first pitch. Winds and delivers, and Gibson takes inside. A ball, fastball, 1-0. Again, Gibson out of the batter's box. And now, settles back in.
1: 16,591.
2: 1-6. Six, Browning five, delivers. Gibson swings and bounces a foul over to the Reds' dugout. Down evens well-a-one. Attendance tonight, 16,591. Well, the crowd certainly would have been much bigger had it not been for the 2-hour and 27-minute rain delay. A ball of strike to Kurt Gibson. Browning delivers. Gibson takes a pie. Two and one to count. Gibson back into the batter's box. Two balls to strike to count. And the pitch. Gibson looks at strike two, and it evens. Two balls, two strikes and the crowd getting pumped up now two and two, two out Gibson into the batter's box and Browning with the 2-2 and Gibson takes break, three call on the outside corner and Gibson not happy with a call by plate umpire Jim quick that's five strikeouts for Tom Browning and 21 straight and now they have thrown Kurt Gibson out of the ball ballgame uh, Gibson getting his final words in the gym quick Tom Lasorda is out and now Belcher trying to hold Gibson away and the other umpiring crew John Kibler is up there and Kibler gets Gibson to take off and Gibbler apparently said it was a strike from where I was standing at second base but nevertheless Gibson is gone and the inning is over 21 straight for Browning middle of the seventh it's the Reds one the Dodgers nothing Reds lead to one to nothing Mike Marshall leads it off as we go to the eighth and here with the action Marty Brenneman Tom Browning delivers
1: Marshall swings and does not get the first pitch. Both times up tonight, he's bounced out to third. Browning enters the eighth inning, having retired 21 batters in a row. And working with that one-run lead, the run coming in the sixth inning. Tom kicks and throws, and Marshall swings and misses at a pitch down, and the count goes to 0-2. It is Marshall, Shelby, and Hamilton here in the eighth inning. Mike settles back in, Browning anxious to work as he continues to go quickly. And that pitch down for a ball. And now they want an appeal play from the first-base umpire, and Mark Hirschbeck throws both hands out. And Marshall stays alive as the count goes to a ball, two strikes. One run, two hits for Cincinnati. No runs, no hits, and one error for Los Angeles. Here's a pitch. And Marshall swings and drives one into right center. O'Neill got it. in the eighth inning and now it'll be John Shelby who both times up tonight has struck out looking in the second and swinging in the fifth. (laughs) Browning behind the mound quick visit to the rising bag. Scrapes the dirt off the pitching rubber and looks in for the sign from Jeff Reed. Here's a pitch and it's fouled back upstairs and out of play. Strike one. If you joined us late, two-hour and 27-minute rain delay. A brilliant night of pitching for Tim Belcher and a more brilliant night of pitching up to this point for one Tom Browning. He delivers, and it's inside to even the count at 1-1. The Reds scored in the six on a two-out opposite field double by Larkin, an infield hit by Sabo, the ball thrown away by Hamilton. Here's a foul ball upstairs again and when the ball was short of first baseman mickey hatcher it bounced off of his glove kicked into foul ground and larkin came in to score that has been the extent of it and all eyes obviously right now on tom browning he has retired marshall the one two to shelby and it's high two balls two strikes alejandro pena a right-hander has gone down to the dodger bullpen to start throwing Browning with a 2-2. And a swing and a miss. He struck him out. (laughs) Credit Tom Browning with his sixth strikeout of the night. Two away in the eighth inning. And the batter will be third baseman Jeff Hamilton. He is fouled out to right. He is grounded out to shortstop. The young man who last Sunday enjoyed maybe the biggest thrill of his big league career when he hit the ninth inning two-run homer off Franco to give the Dodgers a win in L.A. He swings and fouls. Tonight, it was his ball short. A first baseman Hatcher that enabled Larkin to score what has been the game's only run. Tom getting a new baseball from plate umpire Jim Quick. He didn't like the one that he first threw out to him. Standing out behind the mound, rubbing up the baseball again. Bends low to reach the rising bag and steps back on. Two down, bases empty, eighth inning. Hamilton taps the plate with a head of the bat. Waiting on the 0-1 pitch, and here it comes. And it's swung on and missed. And it's two strikes and nothing on the Dodger third baseman. Outfield playing Hamilton just a bit to pull. Reed sends out the sign. Browning with a wind the kick, and the pitch, and that's low. And it's one and two, to count. <laughs> Browning never leaving the pitching rubber. Hamilton steps out, walks back into the box, and here comes a pitch. And it swung on and fouled away. Tom got up and in on him and... Jeff was able to get the bat around quickly enough to make contact. Tom takes a quick look at his defense. Redirects his attention back toward the plate. And on he comes. And it's a bouncing ball to Larkin. He gloves, he throws, the inning is over. And 24 in a row have been retired by Tom Browning. It's the middle of the eighth. And the Reds lead one nothing. Well, here we go. Top half of the ninth inning. Bottom third are the batting order for the Los Angeles Dodgers, namely Rick Dempsey, Steve Sachs, and a hitter for pitcher Tim Belcher. The Dodger bullpen is busy. The spotlight is on the mound where Tom Browning enters in ninth, having retired 24 batters in a row. Dempsey has grounded to Sabo. He has fly to Daniels. He is waiting on Browning and Tom lets it fly and the pitch is fouled up and out of play. Strike one. Go on, go on. Browning has struck out six. This is the second time this season that he has flirted with a no-hitter. He lost one out at San Diego on a ninth-inning single by Tony Gwynn. He is low with the next pitch to Dempsey. And it's a one-ball, one-strike count. And this crowd is going to boo every ball call, no matter if Browning throws one up into the radio booth. And here comes his 1-1 to Dempsey. And it's hit in the air to right field. O'Neill moving toward the line. He's under. And he makes a catch. One out. <laughs> Dempsey is gone. The 25th Dodger out. And now it is second baseman Steve Sachs who has fly to O'Neill twice tonight. And may well be the toughest of the trio of batters. That Tom Browning will face here in the ninth inning. Zach's a contact hitter. He'll put the bat on the ball more often than not. And as determined and competitive a player as Browning, the pitch is swung on. Ground ball up the middle. Larkin's got it. His throw to first. Two out. And the Dodgers are down to one. A night. Very reminiscent of the one that we had here back on May the 2nd when Ron Robinson pitched eight and two-thirds innings of perfect baseball. He lost a no-hitter. He lost the shutout, but he got the win. And now it will be Tracy Woodson to pinch it for Tim Belcher. And Browning is one out away. In the history of this franchise there have been 15 no hitters pitched, 12 and nine innings three of 10 or more. There has never been a perfect game thrown by a Reds pitcher and Woodson fouls it off strike one. It is one to nothing in the ninth inning. The Reds have to leave. Browning has retired 26 in a row. He is a strikeout in front of the right-handed batting Tracy Woodson. He looks to Jeffrey. He winds and he throws. And it's inside and it's a ball and a strike. It was ten years and three months ago to the day that Tom Seaver last pitched the Reds, last no-hitter. Browning is outside, ball two. That was on the 16th of June in 1978 when he no-hitted the Cardinals here 4-0. Browning's 2-1 offering to Woodson and its grounded foul to the Dodger dugout and the count is even at two balls and two strikes. There is no one standing that we can see, or sitting rather, that we can see in this ballpark. They are all up and on their feet and rooting individually and collectively for Browning to get one final out. He is ready for the 2-2 to Woodson, and here it comes. And it is swung right out and missed. And Tom Browning has pitched a perfect game. 27 outs in a row, and he is being mobbed by his teammates just to the third base side of the mound. A perfect game thrown by Tom Friday night September the 16th 1988 as he no hits the Los Angeles Dodgers one to nothing and throws the first perfect game in the long and legendary history of this great Cincinnati Reds baseball franchise and now Browning being hoisted to the shoulders of his teammates and boy what a memorable scene on a wet Dreary evening here in Cincinnati, a night that the fans had to wait two hours and 27 minutes for, and brother, was the wait worthwhile? And this one belongs to the Reds. A perfect game for Tom Browning, and the Reds have defeated the Los Angeles Dodgers by a final score of one to nothing. Folks, believe me, if you are ever lucky enough to reach the highest level of this game, a pitcher, if he's a starter, has to dream that the ultimate from an individual standpoint would be to one day pitch a perfect game. Tom Browning, in the first game of this three-game series against the Dodgers at Riverfront, has done it tonight. And as we mentioned before, no one... Not any pitcher in the history of this franchise, going back to 1869, has ever done what Browning did here tonight. There have been 12 inning no-hitters thrown by Reds pitchers. There have been even three of 10 or more innings. But no one has done what Browning so brilliantly went about the task of doing and completing against the Los Angeles Dodgers tonight. His 16th victory. I can promise you that it will be a memorable evening for everyone of the 16,591 who came to this ballpark, and from a selfish standpoint, I think broadcasters live to see and broadcast a game such as this to get totally immersed in the drama that we had in the ninth inning tonight. It almost looked too easy there was no difficult play for browning with the possible exception of the play that sabo turned in on dempsey when he hit a hot smash over the bag leading off the third inning and chris made the play deftly and ended up throwing dempsey out easily one run three hits and two left for the reds no runs no hits one error and none left on for los angeles browning and throwing the perfect game goes 16 and five with a win and belcher who was just a tad less brilliant goes to ten and five with a loss. He's, uh, as he always does, gentlemanly agreeing to every interview that is being asked of him right now. Danny Jackson has come out of the dugout and has presented to Tom Browning a bottle of champagne. They give each other high fives. The unquestioned top two pitchers on this pitching staff and i guarantee you danny jackson is as happy for tom browning tonight and for his accomplishment of throwing the first, first perfect game in the history of this franchise as if danny himself had done it one to nothing the final score browning with a perfect game retiring 27 in a row He struck out seven, and not so coincidentally disposed of the Dodgers in the quickest game the Reds have been involved in this year, one hour and 51 minutes. Tom now is going to the stands, spraying some of the more jubilant Reds fans with champagne, and it has been an unbelievable scene here tonight, and it's something that every one of us are going to look back in the years to come with fond, fond memories.
0: Browning would win two of his final three starts of 1988, finishing 18-5 and on the season. He'd go on to lead the National League in starts in 88, 89, and 90. In 1989, Browning nearly became the first pitcher to throw two perfect games, but Dickie Thon's leadoff single in the ninth ruined his bid. The 1990 Reds would go on to be world champs, knocking off the Pirates in six games in the NLCS, with Browning earning the victory in Game 2. In a series sweep of the A's, Browning won Game 3 behind eight runs of support and six solid frames. 1990 would be the last top-notch season from the lefty, though, as Browning would go 30-29 over his final five seasons, finishing with the Royals in 1995. Browning finished his career with a 123-90 record, a 3.94 ERA, and 31 complete games. All 123 victories came in a Reds uniform, landing him 12th on the team's all-time list. Now, as usual on the podcast, I try to pull something a bit off-topic and fun. Listen to this conversation between Brenneman and Nuxall early on in the game, and remember, this is in September of 1988.
1: And we can uh, tell you that down in Houston tonight... The Astros lead the San Francisco Giants one to nothing at the end of five. The one run coming on a fourth inning home run by Buddy Bell. And that gives a father and son combination of Gus and Buddy a total of 407. That ties them with Yogi and Dale Barra for the all-time father and son home run lead. Now well, that is good news. Well, Marty, I know that that was one of Buddy's goals.
2: Uh, if you remember, we talked to him in Houston, and certainly it was something that... He won it very much, and, boy, it's nice to hear he's uh, been able to do it. Uh, his seventh home run of the year, I believe, and uh, I'm sure Gus is a very happy individual sitting at home right now. If he's listening,
1: uh, congratulations. Well, we'd like to think that between now and uh, two weeks from Sunday, he could get one more. And uh, whether or not Buddy Bell plays beyond 1988 or not, at least... Uh, That would be a new record then that another father and son team could shoot for sometime down the road. Let's see. Uh, What would maybe Griff and uh, Griff Jr. Yeah. Kenny Griffey Jr. Well, I'll tell you what. With the way that kid has performed in his couple of years in minor league baseball, given his age to begin with, Uh, it might happen. Absolutely it could. (laughs) It certainly could. It's amazing. Uh, Young Kenny was out here a couple of days uh, working out with a ball club, taking a little early BP, and... You put him up alongside Ken Griffey Sr., and all of a sudden you realize how big this kid has become over the years. Ruth, it's almost amazing. That, uh,
2: when I think back when they were just little tykes, uh, to see the statue of young Kenny now, its he's uh, a pretty good-sized
1: young man. Also makes you feel old, too, pal. Well, you didn't have to bring that up. But it do, it do. It do, it do. <laughs>
0: Griffey Jr. hadn't even reached the majors yet and was just 18 years old at the time. Now, Buddy Bell would play in 1989, but failed to hit another home run, keeping him and Father Gus tied with the Bears. That record was far exceeded by the Griffey's, who have nearly 800, but they do not hold that record. That, of course, belongs to Barry and Bobby Bonds at 1,094. Thanks for tuning in to MLB.com's The Vault. Any feedback or events you'd like to hear more about, be sure to email me at pete.mccarthy at mlb.com. Time now to close The Vault.